Life in the Mohawk Valley today is vastly different from generations ago. Long gone are the factory whistles calling workers to their shifts in old mill towns. Fort Plain still benefits from little-known inventor William Yurden and Utica baseball player George Burns was so skilled that fans called uh, left uh, field Burnsville. Well, if you realize that a local artist shared a special bond with John Philip Sousa, one of the nation's greatest musicians, the Tamarack Playhouse was once the venue of spectacular theatricals, and as time goes on, there are fewer alumni to remember Amsterdam's Bishop Scully High School. Local author and local broadcasting legend Bob Cudmore shows that while lost, these and other compelling stories no longer need to be forgotten. So he's written a book about it. It is called Lost Mohawk Valley, and we welcome Bob Cudmore to the program. Good morning, Bob. Well, good morning, Joe. Great to be here. Very nice to have you with us. Also, as one of your co-conspirators, uh, Dave Green, also uh, a great broadcaster in this region who I uh, know has been working with you on several of these projects, so it's a great to have Dave Green as, here as well. In, indeed. Indeed. Thank you for the invite. Well, thank you very much. All right, so what brought you down this road of, uh, you've, I mean, you've been doing this work for a long time. Yes, I followed this path for a while, uh, and I find, I've decided I really like it, uh, writing about local history. Basically, I do a weekly column on Mohawk Valley history, which in my terms kind of starts in the Amsterdam area and goes west and then up north through Johnstown and Gloversville. And then periodically I've been gathering the stories into a book. My column runs without pictures in the Daily Gazette, and in the book we put in lots and lots of pictures. And this time with the theme of lost Mohawk Valley, I wanted to look at things that uh, aren't there anymore. Uh, and one thing I focus on the, in the first chapter is the carpet industry in Amsterdam, yeah. which I have a personal connection to. My dad was a carpet weaver, but it's something that is gone. I mean, the, the carpet making in Amsterdam st left decades ago, and what we're left with is a lot of uh, pictures and stories. And in the past, maybe I focused on the people that own the carpet mills, but in this particular book, I've focused on the people that work there, like my dad and the many women who were mill workers and so forth. And you gave a you know a good list of all the other topics that or some of the other topics which I've dealt with in this uh, book. Um, up in uh, Johnstown and Gloversville, for example, you, I um, didn't. Uh, well, one thing I, we didn't put in the uh, news release about it, but I have a, a section or a chapter on George Senator. Yes, you may remember from history. Yes. he was Jack Ruby's roommate. And well, I didn't remember that until I read the book. But yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff. There's a one of the things that I just said is as time goes on, there are fewer alumni to remember uh, Amsterdam's Bishop Scully High School, and that's sort of the case with a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. right? As as generations go and and new generations um, come into the scene, uh, this is the stuff that is lost, and and it's it's people like you and and Dave who who remind us that. Yeah, these things are around and they're still very important and there's a reason that perhaps we do things in town that we don't know why we do them. What I do with Dave at his uh, Eastline studio is a history podcast, which we have on SoundCloud and my website, where I interview people about local history or about other uh, historical topics. So that kind of keeps the flame burning as well. And what is... Those oral histories are really important, aren't they? Dave? It is. It is. It really is. And it's a fascinating... The Internet has opened up such possibilities around the globe, and you hear from people 
you never expected to hear from. Especially interesting is, you know, the favorites. People, you know, I'm following you. You have your favorites. What's interesting is that most of them seem to be very young people. Yeah. Because they probably have either they have a vague memory or they remember their parents talking about mm-hmm. it or their grandparents talking about it and want to know a little more It's inescapable. About it. <laughs> yes, it is inescapable. You're absolutely right. The one uh, th- thing I find is I write mainly about the fairly recent past, you know, the past that somebody can remember. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, um, for example, you mentioned Bishop Scully High School, which I think opened in 66, 1966, and closed in 1990. So it so happens that the current maybe even movers and shakers in in the Amsterdam area if you know they were catholic and went to that school they remember bishop scully but it's you know it, it's gone it, it's currently used as a, a catholic grade school but it was uh, it was there had its moment and it's uh, passed from the scene the, I do want to mention the book is published by the History Press. It's a beautiful book. It, it, they put together uh, just do a beautiful job on it, as you mentioned the columns, but the photographs too. And it's a it's a really mm-hmm. um, lovely collection. Well, I thank you for that. And the I, the cover is quite striking. If you ask it me, is. with the the speed skaters from Fort Johnson. I just received in the past twenty four hours this beautiful lengthy email from a woman who's grandfather was you know the guy on the left and her uncle was the guy in the middle and she remembered all the things about uh, speed skating in Fort Johnson which was in the late 30s early 40s Fort Johnson a little suburb if you will of uh, Amsterdam but it had uh, its skating rink and just produced these phenomenal athletes Uh, one of them made it to the Olympics in 1940 the Olympic team but there were no Olympics but you know he was you know qualified as an Olympic skater it seems as though if there is an elephant in the room when you're talking about this, it is the mills and the mills that have, have gone. And even if the story doesn't directly relate to that, it still relates to that. Yes, because the, the mills produced, for example, in Amsterdam, the carpet mills had a real social aspect to it. You know, Maybe uh, political scientists might even call it welfare capitalism or something, but they did things for their employees. Uh, one of the mills, the Mohawk, where my dad worked, they had a park, which still exists. It's now called Shuttleworth Park. They had a band. They had a chorus, which even appeared on uh, national television. It, it was sort of well, I'm going to say all-encompassing. I mean, it's not, you not only worked in the mills, but you kind of were part of this mill culture. Mm. And, and some of the pictures that Bob's captured within his book, especially the, well, it was some of the ladies in some of those pictures. As soon as you look at that picture, you look at the, you're looking at their face and you're trying to think, what exactly were they thinking at the time? Yeah. Uh, the the pictures are incredible. Where do they come from? How do you collect well, the, those? The mill pictures, and I really should credit them, mostly came from, or they exclusively came from the Walter Elwood Museum, which is Amsterdam's local museum, and it uh, has a, a collection of pictures that came from both of the major carpet companies, uh, Mohawk or and uh, Bigelow Sanford, um, and. Also, some of the comments on the women workers, in particular, came from the director of that museum, uh, Ann Piconi. Uh, there was. It's funny as you were mentioning that. I just looked down and and just this this woman here. What do you think she's thinking? I mean, besides like, why am I wearing this uncomfortable well, dress? Me, and I, take a and and the, and, the, and the, at what chance is this going to get caught up in the machine? Uh, there's a, <laughs> there's a picture well, on the back funny. of the book that that has her in front of uh, one of these uh, it, machines. It's odd you mentioned that picture because Ann Piconi told me that's her favorite picture. Yes, from the mill, and she th- says that the woman 
you know, looking at the woman, you think that she's thinking she'd rather be anywhere. Absolutely. Anywhere, anywhere a bit here. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't want to be here and, and uh, yeah. and uh, The attitude has not changed over the years. Well, no, and this guy's sort of looking over his shoulder with a hat on, and you just want to kind of smack him. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. good point. All right. Um, let me ask you uh, as far as when when you look at – what we've lost are, are we are we getting better at are we getting better at collecting this so so that these these stories aren't lost? I mean, obviously the work you're doing, obviously the work that the museums and the historical society are doing is very important. Uh, but what can we do more, especially in this age of uh, of, of, of technology and the internet and, and not having the paper documents? Mm. Well, I, I think the internet is uh, the key factor or or a key factor. I do a lot of my research online now. There's this gentleman up near Rochester who's just has digitized thousands and thousands of upstate New York newspapers. Mm. So you can find clippings from long ago. But I I think we are doing a better job of putting things online uh, and also into book form. Uh, A gentleman named Mike Sinquanti that I know from Amsterdam has been doing this uh, daily blog of birthdays of local people who are prominent or just well known, and for example, he's coming out with a book on that in a month or so, and uh, you know that goes very. You can mine so deep with the internet and the information you gather. You know, uh, you can. Your recent guest said an embarrassment of information. That's true. Yeah. Embarrassment. <laughs> that's true. The. Uh... You know, uh, for for so many of us, uh, I mean, I know growing up in this in this area, um, I I'm going to make a connection here. But it, it, for me, growing up in this area, I, I learned a lot about about the Mohawk Valley uh, from listening to you on the Contact Radio program on WGY. The, I mean, obviously, You're this not that old. Oh, please, <laughs> uh, this is 19. Um, this is. Uh, Obviously, uh, in Schenectady, uh, oldest radio station, and and you you would get on and you would tell story. I mean, you would talk about because you're from there because you mm-hmm. so yep. that's what we do in radio because we don't have anything else to talk about. We talk about what how we grew up. We can't show the pictures. That's yet. right. That that's absolutely. Right. So, um, and I remember thinking, oh, you know, these were always these things that I wanted to mention, and you you would often bring those into your to your interviews, and uh, and it's one of the things I don't want to like completely hijack the conversation here, but I, I do think that. Um, it's a shame because we, uh, because we have become uh, shows like that, um, and you know, WGY is now all national, you know, content mostly. Um, that it's that you lose that local. Flair. We know exactly where you're going. Well, uh, <laughs> well, you, <laughs> thank you. You, you, you both have been through it. I mean, you had your show in Amsterdam uh, up until last year, mm-hmm. and then and then when you lose that, you lose that. Yeah. Well, it, and but you, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. But but here again, I mean, we, we do, but we're also uh, we're also a large station that goes. I mean, much like G- GY was, you know, it mm-hmm. went all over the place, which you're, you're, you're yeah. right. Um, but we're kind of the last. I mean, you know, if I get a pink slip today, then where do I go? Well, I mean, that's sort of where we all we're all in it. Uh, I guess that's what I'm saying about the uh, about radio and these stations. That all these towns used to have the stations that were very good in uh, pe- giving people. It may be working itself back a little bit to local broadcasting. If you yeah. if you read up on broadcasting, you find more and more articles, especially the salespeople who run the organizations mm-hmm. who say you've got to get the local back into local. Well, I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so because it was. 
Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, for example, the podcast we're doing. I mean, yeah. That's what pe- people can, can do. I mean, you're you're dealing with smaller audiences, obviously, you know, honestly, much smaller audiences. But again, you can go deeply into a, a specific subject and, and find an audience for it almost by magic online. Well, at least we still have an opportunity to hear uh, your golden voice, so uh, that's good news. Uh, Lost Mohawk Valley is the name of the book. It is uh, it is out from History Press, and you can find out more information about all of this and plus uh, the podca- uh, podcast that you do with Dave. Um, all of that is at bobcudmore.com. That it is, correct. Sir. Close Excellent. enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave Green and Bob Cudmore, uh, a great pleasure to have you both here. Thank you very much, and best of luck with the book and the projects. Thank you very much. Very Thank nice you. to have you here. Thank, Thank you. you. You're listening to The Roundtable on WAMC.